Welcome to Lessons for Leaders. This week I'm talking to Kelly Dunn about her white paper that looks at how the pandemic has affected organisations this year. We look at how, as a region in Yorkshire, we've pulled together. We talk about why organisations need to be open to adaptability coming out of the pandemic. We also touch on the well-being issues that became evident through lockdown and what some of the best leaders did to support that. We talk about why a support network can have a huge impact on resilience and well-being for individuals and organisations. And we talk about the positives and amazing opportunities that have come out of the pandemic and the interesting results that are in Kelly's survey. So join me for today's episode. So welcome to Lessons for Leaders. Each week, I bring you lessons, learnings, tips and advice to enable you to lead with ease in business without the stressed out and overwhelm so that I help you increase your performance, be resilient and thrive in life. I'm Emma Langton, your host, leadership coach and workplace trainer, helping you and your workforce increase that performance, improve well-being and make the impact that you want in the world. Now, recently, I've been seeing an increase in organisations contacting me to discuss wellbeing workshops for their employees. Even though we've got a lockdown timeline for releasing restrictions, I'm seeing an upturn in stress levels and it's affecting performance and mental wellbeing, particularly when we're being challenged with remote working. So if that's the same for your organisation, then I have a limited amount of virtual workshops that I'm able to tailor and deliver to your organisation so that over the next six weeks, we can ensure that your people are able to reduce those stress levels, even in challenging situations, so that they're able to get proven coping strategies and be able to perform at their best whilst improving their mental health and well-being. If you want to talk about this support or any longer term plans, then get in touch with me at my website, emmalangton.com, and we can have a conversation about what we can do to support you. One client said, Emma's training honed in on current issues perfectly and she was able to vocalise what the group were feeling and pinpoint the underlying causes and issues whilst also offering very attainable and actionable solutions. The feedback has been fantastic and the team is much more confident and better engaged and able to focus on their work. I would highly recommend Emma. Blushes, but yes, that's exactly what it is that I do. So please do get in touch with me. I'm always happy to have conversations. If you're not ready to do that yet, then you can get onto my newsletter. Again, link in the show notes and information on my website at emmalangton.com. The newsletter sends out tips, information, statistics, the latest reports, and the current organizational trends that are happening right now so that you don't have to dig around for it. It comes out monthly, so you can guarantee that I won't be spamming you. And finally, a request from me that if you haven't hit the subscribe button or left a review for me, then please do go and find the little button and leave a review. Let me know your key thoughts and your takeaways and what you value most 
from the podcast. If you hit subscribe, it makes sure that you never miss another episode. So I'm delighted to welcome Kelly Dunn to the show. Kelly is an expert recruiter who sources top talent across North and East Yorkshire, ranging from SMEs to large blue chip companies. Kelly works closely with businesses to look at their talent strategy, staff retention, market conditions and salary benchmarking, among other things. She also supports her candidates as much as possible with all aspects of the recruitment and application process. KD Recruitment, Kelly's organisation, are now recognised as one of the leading recruitment agencies in the North Yorkshire region. Now, this episode was recorded before Boris's roadmap out of lockdown was announced, but everything that you hear is still relevant to the plans to adapt to the new normal so that we can hear about the positives from the pandemic. Kelly did a survey and report and produced a white paper because she wanted to be able to measure the changes and highlight the positive ways in which our businesses and community adapted to this new normal. So Kelly, thank you for joining me today. It's lovely to have you on the show. Oh, you're very welcome. It's great to see you and hear you. So I asked you to come on and talk to us because you'd done a survey during COVID about the effects of the pandemic on businesses across North and East Yorkshire because you're currently Scarborough based now, aren't you? Yes. Um, And you also interviewed me as part of that. But so just wanted to pick up on a couple of bits and pieces that you found as a result of that. So can you share a little bit about what you found were going well for organisations that you talked to? Yes, there's some really interesting stats that came from this report. I've done a survey and I've also interviewed a number of people, including yourself. And I assumed when I started this that most people would be feeling quite pessimistic, quite negative, that they'd have all sorts of cash flow challenges and loads of redundancies. However, the story was very different. I found that most people that I spoke to were optimistic about the future and everybody was very inspirational about the changes that they've made and how they've diversified during the pandemic. That's not to say that the biggest challenge wasn't cash flow, it was, but actually some of the other challenges that people had faced that they'd overcome were things like getting everybody set up to work from home and then being able to communicate with their staff effectively, especially if people are on different shifts or doing different types of jobs, um, maintaining relationships with their customers, maintaining their service levels. So there was a lot of adaptations that businesses had to do and had to do very quickly. And it was really interesting to see how, as a region, we'd all pulled together and actually supported each other. So A lot of the people that I spoke to had been dealing with other people within their sector and sharing knowledge, sharing ideas. And that sense of we're all in this together was really coming out of the survey that I was doing. And, you know, those two key points there are really, really fantastic. When I go into organisations, even just on doing the, the kind of resilience training, when I ask people what is what is their interpretation of of resilience? They often talk about, you know, like keeping going and pushing through and obviously bouncing back's a big one. 
But one of the ones that I usually say to people that they find quite surprising is about the adaptability to circumstances and situations. And then that that resilience um, for organisations that they've had coming through the pandemic is, is absolutely key in whether they've been able to adapt or not and whether they've been open to that to those adaptations as well. I mean, a lot of it's been forced, hasn't it, really? It's like you're doing it whether you like it or not type thing. But if they are open to adaptation, they're going to be able to kind of do these things more uh, more easily, more willingly, and then it's going to come through in a in a much, much better way, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. And I think the biggest thing for me with that is more agile working. So, you know, we all got told 12 months ago, work from home if you can. Yeah. And there was no um, instruction manual as to how everybody was going to do that. It was just every business needed to send everybody to work from home where they can. And everybody very quickly, I mean, the, the businesses I knew were literally getting the staff to pick up their computers and take them home. Yeah. <laughs> and literally um, saying, right, just go and work from home, have your desk, have your chair, have your monitor, go and do the job from home. And then we'll work out how we divert phones or we'll have somebody in the business until we get internet calling set up. But what that then in itself did was highlight the the wellness issue of those people that were working from home who were isolated. Um, maybe they didn't have family at home. Maybe there wasn't anybody that could support them. And it became very evident in the first lockdown that there was a a mental health and wellness concern there for a lot of employees working at home. Even those actually that have got their family at home, their stress levels were through the roof trying to juggle that with homeschooling. Same with the second lockdown, but it became really, really at the forefront of everybody's mind in that first lockdown because it was just a sudden shift of working patterns. You know, they did all sorts of social yeah. um, things, which was really good. But they also took the time to speak to their employees, not just on a team basis, because everybody sort of said, oh, yeah, we do a team call every day or every week. And that's lovely. But you're not going to tell somebody that you're not in a great position and you're not feeling OK on a team call with four or five or ten other people. And some of the best um, business leaders that I spoke to were the ones that said, my managers ring their team one by one and have a conversation and ask them, are they okay? And then ask them again, are you actually okay? Because I'm not, how do you feel? And these business leaders were brilliant for me because they're the ones that have really supported their team. They've looked at ways in which they can get them involved in other things so that they're not just sat there with the head down typing all day you know, getting involved with other people so they don't feel as isolated. And then as restrictions eased, they then started letting those people go back into the office in a COVID-secure way. And what's come out of this now is businesses going more agile and saying, right, you know, what works for you? Do you want to work at home 100%? Do you want to work in the office 100%? Or would you rather do a three and a two? Part-time at home, part-time in the office. And I believe that that's the way forward and that's actually going to really support a lot of those isolated workers into feeling like they're valued and that they can kind of get their life back on track again. Absolutely. And there's so many key points there that happen when, as well, when I go into organisations. So, you know, we've got to have it 
that you know leaders are demonstrating and leaders are being really honest you talked anyway about the businesses that are much more resilient about them supporting each other and support the support network is absolutely huge and whether that's for business leaders whether that's for um you know the hr communities whether that's for similar types of businesses or just businesses in the area and then again for individuals that support is huge and i am often then saying um with, as well with organisations that I work with, particularly like with people that are feeling that isolation more and are feeling more alone for whatever the kind of home, work, life circumstances are, go and look again at where there's gaps in the support that you have or the gaps in the support that you need and see what else you can put in there. The one-to-one and group sort of coaching that I do to, to leaders and managers or even my, my resilience training has definitely got it in. The boundaries training, that's definitely got it in. And there'll be people there going, she's now banging on about support. But that's absolutely crucial because we originally kind of generate from tribes and there's a bit of our brain that still connects to that tribal uh, sort of way of living. And that's absolutely what we need. And, and this pandemic has highlighted some of the stuff that we actually took for granted in a way. Um, and it's and it's taken some of that away from us. So the yeah, they're, they're leading from the front and the support is huge. But also asking people what they need rather than presuming that what's going to work for one person is going to, you know, is going to work for everybody, you know, which you say, what is it that you want and do you want a mix and things like that, which is going to be so crucial. Well, you know, at the point of us uh, sitting there talking and recording it, we are hoping that, that you know Boris is going to give us some good news but even after you know this uh, lockdown three then people are going to need to take on board what it is that people need even though there's different working environments and different working patterns going to come out of it absolutely I agree I think that the amount of businesses that will need support in their mental health awareness their employee engagement which is a big piece to go with wellness mental health and adapting to a new normal because I don't know many businesses that are now going to go back to the way that they were I think they've diversified their business model and the report that I did has, has shown how many people have diversified their business model and the different adaptations that they have done in terms of um, services and products and things like that. The way that they work has changed, the hours their staff has changed. So I think that there's just, it's not a temporary thing this now. By the time these restrictions ease, we're looking at 12, 18 months after the start of the pandemic, this becomes a new way of life. And this is just the way that things are. So I do believe that to a point, certain things will have to go back to the way that they were in the sense of production has to still happen. And, you know, if you want to build your production back up, then you're going to have to get everybody back together again. So things like that will obviously return. However, when you look at the strategy behind how a business is run and how they're going to move forward, I don't think that that's going to go back. I think this is the new way of life. And when it comes to recruitment, which is obviously what I do, what I will then see is more focus on agile working, flexible working, the ability to work from home, which will in itself increase the talent pool of people that are available. So if you think about, um, I cover the whole of North and East Yorkshire. So I cover from the East Coast over to York and Harrogate, over to Hull and back again. That's yeah. my area. 
if I'm recruiting in York, I historically will look at people within a 30 minute radius of York because most people don't really want to commute more than 30, 40 minutes. Same with Hull, same with Scarborough. However, when we look at a role that's either working part time from home and only a couple of days a week in the office, you're more likely to commute further if you only have to do it for a couple of days a week. Yeah. So instead of saying, I'll only work 30 minutes from home because you think I don't want to sit in that traffic for five days, if you're doing that for two days a week, you might go, right, well, I'll commute an hour, even an hour and a half. If it's only a couple of days or for the odd meeting, I don't mind that. So suddenly this talent pool increases. If you've got a work from home policy and they don't have to come in the office at all, well, the options are limitless. You've got the whole world to go at. But you could look at people wherever you wanted. So recruitment is going to evolve in the sense of where these people are going to live to be able to do the job. There's loads with that. It's about accessibility. You know, it's about the commuting. It's about the cost of things. All of that impacts on people's well-being. One of the um, one of the big things that organisations that I talk to are looking at when we look at an entire well-being plan. Often they do it in themes, and they're also looking at financial well-being because you know cost of things has gone up. So any financial expenditure that surrounded their work aspect is is going to matter and needs to be taken into account as well. So you know that is really really important, and also. I talked to an organisation back back in March, right at the very beginning, and they, um, the listeners might have heard me say this before, and this HR um, D stood in front of me, um, and 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 a few other people um, in the environment that it was in, and talked about, and she literally, sort of, you know, uh, patted her hand on the on the back of the chair and said, if they're not sat there, if I can't see them on their chair, they are not working. And I was kind of sat there thinking, <laughs> and that was at the right at the beginning of the pandemic, and I was kind of like, ooh, I think that's going to change, really. But but that's the difference. So you've got some that are very forward thinking organisations, and some that are, are a bit resist, resistant again to what we were saying at the beginning, the adaptability and the change of things and it's in some ways it's really really good that it's forced people's hand or or forced people to change their mind about things but I think we get an awful lot of of people and organizations that look at the difficulties and that look at what's not going well don't we so did you find some of those aspects as well with people you were talking to Yeah, and I think one of the important things that I found from this was the struggle with employees where they had some that were furloughed and some that had to work. So there was a sense of them and us. And that was tough for many businesses. Yeah. Because you've got those that are furloughed sat there going, why am I furloughed and my friend's working? You've got those that are working going, why am I working? And they're sunning themselves in the garden because we had the best summer ever last year. Um, And if that wasn't even in their business, if they didn't furlough anybody in their business, that them and us were still there because they're looking at the rest of the country going, why is everybody else furloughed and we all have to work? And so that was a big challenge for a lot of the HR um, teams that I spoke to, that them and us mentality. And also um, a lot of anxiety around their staff returning to work. So is the business COVID secure? Is their job safe to do within the office? 
if they'd had to shield at home for various reasons, they were reluctant to want to come back to work. So there was a lot of anxiety around trying to get their teams back into the business. Um, and that did pose some problems. There was a couple of businesses that I spoke to that had quite serious mental health issues with certain members of staff where they had to get external intervention in place. Yeah. Um, and those businesses actually found that the NHS was so stretched that that intervention wasn't there either. Yeah. So, you know, it's been a big struggle, a big, big struggle. Um, but actually, there's been some great positives to come out of this. And, you know, if I go and give you the example of the remote working. So 58% of the businesses that I surveyed said that they had implemented remote working. I also asked with the same options, which are you going to consider doing after the pandemic? So when we return to some sort of normality, which of these options are you going to continue doing? And 58% said they're going to carry on with remote working. Yeah. Which is brilliant. That is absolutely fantastic. What was interesting was that 40% of them had moved their training online where they could. They'd moved all their training online, which is really interesting. But more wanted to do more online training as we come out of it. You just can't comprehend, I think, until you're in some of the situations. You can you can anticipate what you think it's going to be like, but you can't really comprehend where exactly some of the benefits are going to be and also some of the pitfalls, but, you know, where some of the benefits are going to be as well. And that's, again, why we need to keep talking to people. We need to keep asking the questions. We need to keep getting the feedback, you know, and we need we need to keep listening. We need to keep sharing this information. And again, that brings us kind of right back, doesn't it, to the beginning, I suppose, with the, you know, the adaptability, um, keeping in with your support networks and, and the different businesses and organisations as well that, that we talk to so that we can do all of this learning and keep moving forward. However, like you said about the, the scope of where you work, I've delivered training to New York and Dubai through the through the lockdown which there was well I'd love to jump on a flight and go to both of those so you know if anybody wants to drag me over there that's absolutely fine um but I wouldn't have done that uh you know before the pandemic so everybody and and you included you know with the the organizations that you've talked to whether it's been from the from the survey and report that you've done or whether it's going to be the scope of your work in the future it's it's broadened the horizons for everybody for a variety of, of different reasons, really, hasn't it? Yeah, and I think that's kind of been the opportunity. One of the questions that I've asked when I've done the interviews with people is, and what opportunities have come out of this that you weren't expecting? And I think at the face of it, most people have thought about the pandemic as being a negative thing and don't get me wrong it has it really has you know we've all lost families and friends to covid we all know people who've had it and it's it's just decimated the world however there are some amazing opportunities that have come out of this pandemic and every business that i spoke to gave me an opportunity that they were not expecting i've got a manufacturer that i spoke to that's a plastics manufacturer and they um, very quickly sort of created a 3D model of um, PPE visors and started manufacturing that and won a contract with the NHS 
um, which was a huge opportunity, which then resulted in them hiring a new unit, 60 more staff to cope with the demand for this order. Now, they wouldn't have had that had they not had this pandemic. And diversifying into something completely different was a great opportunity. Um, even down to a small retailer, there was a retailer that I spoke to that used to rent out bikes to holidaymakers. So where yeah. they're based, they didn't sell or market to their local community. They were all online. It was all for holidaymakers coming to the area so that somebody could hire a bike and get around. And then you take holidaymakers out of the equation and they sat there and went, oh, right, well, we need to market to the local community. And during that first pandemic, loads of people took up bike riding. So what happened was this business suddenly went into repairs of bikes. So they had loads of local people coming to them saying, I've just bought this secondhand bike or it's been in my shed for 20 years. Can you take a look at it? So they started doing bike repairs. They started hiring out bikes to the local area and they started selling new bikes. But what actually happened was their business has grown because of the local community when the holidaymakers were allowed, they carried on with that size. They've since moved into another unit and hired two more members of staff because of the demand and the fact that they've adapted their client base. You know, so there's some fantastic stories to come out of this um, pandemic, which we wouldn't have had. And businesses would not have thought about had they have not had their hand forced into it. Yeah, And that is what makes... The businesses in our region so inspirational because of how they have, like you say, they've adapted, they've changed, they've fought their way through it. The resilience is there. You know, resilience is a key thing. It's not about getting up, doing your job and going to bed. That is not resilience. Resilience is actually going, right, we can do this. How can we do this? What can we change? Making those adaptations and then coming out a bit stronger and not burning out. You know, that, that for me is resilience, not I've just buried my head in the sand and got through every day. That's not resilience. It's it's kind of these inspirational people that have changed their, their way of working. They're amazing. Absolutely. They absolutely are. And, um, you know, with a nod to all of those organisations, I think that's a really, really good place to, to leave it. If people wanted to read this, where can they find uh, the, the more details on the study and report that you've done? Um, it's on our website, but if you wouldn't mind putting a link sure. out there, there is a direct link so that they can download it. Um, it's a full report that's got loads of stats in there, loads of case studies, lots of information. Um, and it's just, it's really exciting to be able to celebrate the positive side of what's been happening because the North has been recovering better than the rest of the UK and I really want everybody to see how amazing and how positive it is in our region absolutely so I'll put a link in the show notes and uh, details of where anybody can contact you as well if they want to get in touch with you and then it just leaves me to say thank you so much for spending your time with me today and uh, chatting through all of this I could talk to you for absolutely ages about all of this we're on the same page completely aren't we I know it is. It's one of those things that when you get me started, I, I struggle to stop because I'm so passionate about it. And there's just so many stories to be able to talk about. It's it's fantastic. And, yeah, we are definitely on the same page of knowing what is out there and what people are capable of and what support they need to be able to get to that end goal. Absolutely. Thank you so much for spending time with me. 
Um, for all of the listeners, if you would like to get the report or get in touch with Kelly, please do go and grab the links that are in the show notes. And then if you obviously any questions to either of us, and if you want to talk to me about the well-being support in particular or the leadership coaching in your organization, then get in touch with me. I'm happy to have a chat. And then I will see you on the next episode. Bye for now.